0: attention
1: please stop walking while i'm squawking all aboard
0: hi everybody
2: hello 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 it is (laughs) i just gotta say right now (laughs) i've got my wonderful lovely husband kurt next to me who is joining us along with unpaid intern ryan and kurt is already laughing because he finds my hello 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 Either obnoxious or funny, not funny.
0: Or cringey. <laughs> Somewhere um... in
1: between the two. <laughs> cringy. Yeah. Cring- more, It's yeah. more like I'm embarrassed. Hey,
3: catchphrase is a catchphrase. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Valerie Cherish.
2: My best Valerie Cherish. This is Marky Mark Lovebug right here. Well, I love are you it. You're just going to do
1: those
3: obscure references and not explain what they are? <laughs> I'm already calling it. You guys need to make some Hello, Hello, Hello t-shirts. Mm-hmm. I have my Hello, Hello coffee mug from uh, fan favorite Kim, though.
0: I
1: know, how sweet. Wait, you have to explain what the references are.
2: He's, no, he's we we mentioning... talked about this. Oh, we you talked okay. about Valerie Church
1: okay. multiple times. If anybody Thanks has for not listening. seen I Don't Listen, long time not listener, <laughs> second time contributor. If nobody has watched the comeback, doesn't know what you're talking about, go watch it on HBO right now. Lisa Kudra's finest work.
0: I think I've mentioned this to you before, Adam, but one of our fan favorites, Carly, who comes on the podcast and goes on all of our vacations with us. Carly worked on The Comeback when it came back in the second season. That was like 10 years later. Yeah. Carly. She's in post-production. I'm
1: going to have questions next time I see her.
0: I know. She did say, and this can go on the podcast, that Lisa Kudrow was a delight. Just a super nice, lovely person. But anyhow, guys, welcome. We are back for round three, the unexpected third round of talking about the Disney Wish. And we have once again recruited unpaid intern Ryan, a.k.a. my husband.
3: Somehow they let me back in the room. I don't know. Sorry, guys.
0: We did. And also we've recruited, uh, we need a name for you, Kurt, but we have Kurt, Adam's husband, Kurt. You need a fancy yeah, name. Yeah,
1: right. what about this like president, CEO, if Ryan's the unpaid intern, <laughs> Are you I think I'm on top of the food chain, basically. Whatever that role we'll is. will have your
3: coffee in a moment, sir. <laughs> exactly.
1: You know what
0: you are? <laughs> Kurt, you named our podcast before we even started this. You came up with I
1: it. I did. I did. So I'm like the producer, executive producer, like, you know, just head, you head honcho, just mm-hmm. you can around. Have, you
2: can have a cut of that. You know, non-existent money. All those millions that are coming in. We're making out this
1: podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. So we have
0: EIC Kurt here, executive in charge. So we are going to cover the last little bits. Not little bits. It's actually a lot of stuff and a lot of really important stuff that we haven't covered yet about our trip. We got to talk about dining. We had some misses and some big hits on this cruise. Uh, We're going to talk about the spa. We're going to talk about some of the shows. And, yeah, I think we just get into it. What do you guys say?
2: Let's do it. Let's eat. (laughs) Let's kind of give the quick explainer. On the ship, they have three main dining rooms because the Disney Wish either does three or four night cruises. So they have 1923, which was the first restaurant we went to. That one Mm -hmm. is just no show, no entertainment, but lots to look at and a beautiful restaurant. And we'll talk about that in a second. Then there's the World of Marvel, which I think we all have thoughts on that one. And we got the pleasure of eating there two nights in a row because the second night was for Pirate Night with a different menu. And then there was Arendelle, the Frozen sing-along dinner Dinner show show. thing. People Mm -hmm. talking on a stage and nobody paying attention. So we'll get to that one, too, in a second. (laughs) But what was so cool about it is we kept our servers who for the most part of the trip were absolutely amazing. We kept them through the entire trip. So we met them on night one and they were the same servers at every single restaurant, even when we moved restaurants.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to note that like it's different on a Disney cruise than any other cruise. All other cruise lines have like one stationary restaurant and you eat at the same table with the same set of servers each time. And at Disney, they came up with the idea of rotational dining and having these three different restaurants and on each ship they are different the wish are the three that Adam just mentioned which were all brand new and yeah I don't know let's get into it let's talk did we find them hyped up did we find them to be awesome our first meal was 1923 this was a Walt Disney kind of themed original old Hollywood 1920s restaurant so When I heard about this one, also, as an aside, the decor here was phenomenal. They had sketches and props, I guess, from animation. And the decor was super awesome. The food, my expectation was there's going to be a lot of, like, steaks and stuff like that. And there certainly were the majority of what was on the menu. But I'm curious, do you guys remember, if you liked 1923, what were your thoughts
2: Well, let me just start and say I thought our table was amazing. We walked in and we got sat at this beautiful table next to a porthole and had this incredible view that not a lot of tables had. However, I was feeling a little seasick and popped some Dramamine right before we went to that dinner, and I accidentally took the drowsy Dramamine, not the non-drowsy Dramamine. So I was on another level during dinner that night. I don't think I knew that, (laughs) which was was something else,
1: but. What I remember of the dinner, I thought it was really good. I don't know. Kurt? Yeah, I thought the table was great. I really liked the theming and the fact that there were certain sections that were themed to different movies and you could see in lots of glass cabinets, like sketch work and props and maquettes and things like I think that in terms of the attention they put to the detail, the theming, it was beautiful. I think the food was good. I don't really remember what I ate there, but I I thought it was there were no problems like good drinks remember good cocktails fancy cocktails yes. and it was our first night right like we were getting used to the process which is it's a little overwhelming like you walk in that first we were the first seating at 5 30 we have small humans with us ours smaller than yours and he takes a lot of attention and they were like asking what the kids wanted to eat and um i think there's also when you're the first seating they want to turn the tables and get ready for the second and so I felt like there was a kind of energy to getting us sat down getting us ordered getting like and Mm -hmm. and that kind of was like I remember feeling a little overwhelmed we just not long been on the boat and it was like getting into the rhythm of it but it was good it was good nothing bad to say about 1923 maybe important to say there are two sides to that restaurant one is Roy Disney one is Walt Disney and each has a slightly different kind of theming and take but pretty much the same experience Mm -hmm. We did have a really good cocktail there. I think,
2: Ryan, I think you and I both had this one. It was like the – I can't remember exactly what it was, but I had this – it was a martini. It was like a chocolate – it was like a bourbon – it was like some type of bourbon martini with chocolate bitters and then had this entire – Chocolate medallion that sat right on the top. Yeah, it
3: was like a chocolate coaster almost, but in the glass. Right, right. And I thought it really like, at least for me, I put it in there and kind of let it melt a little bit. And I think it really sort of just added to the drink as it sort of started to disintegrate a little bit. Yeah, that was really cool. I definitely took a photo of that. And Ray definitely clocked that I had a piece of chocolate. And she was like, hey, can I have some of that? And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> <Medicinal. okay>. Sure, <laughs> fine. You're going to sleep well tonight. All right. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, I felt like everything you just said, Kurt, about how it was a little overwhelming. I think that whole first five hours on the ship were the most overwhelming of the entire vacation because we were trying to get our lay of the land and it was chaotic and exciting and you're seeing all this new stuff and the kids club and now we're sitting at this fancy restaurant and I know going in, you know, researching a little bit of these restaurants, 1923 was the one I was the most excited about. So I'd already set it at a pretty high bar. I was a little disappointed that it was our first restaurant. And you can't control this, folks. Like, they just give you a rotation and you just deal with it. So I was a little disappointed it was our first meal. And for me, my meal was not the best I had on the ship. I was expecting this one to be the best. I mean... Chante aside, this was still not the best for me for the dining rotation. And I had like the classic steak. I did see Molly from All Ear or no, she's not All Ears anymore. Mammoth Club talk about getting those different potatoes from the pork chop we did it. on the side. And we did. And I think Adam and I got the exact same meal. And I think we both asked for medium rare. They came very well done steaks and kind of on the cold side. And this is my mistake. I should have said something. I should have returned it because it's Disney. They will bring you back seven more steaks if you ask for them. Like, they're so big on giving you what you want. But I, I was not in that mindset. I just kind of ate a cold steak and cold potatoes and just dealt with it. Yeah, it
2: was that was a little disappointing right off the back. In my Dramamine fog, I do remember the steak was very well done. Like it had been sitting there in the window for a while. But then yet the potatoes were cold. Like they had not been cooked well enough. And they were supposed to be these like scallop potatoes, basically, in the little dish. And they probably would have been absolutely delicious, cheesy and warm and everything else. And they just weren't. But I would give it a 10 out of 10 for the decor and a 5 out of 10 for the food.
1: The thing I will add about the decor is if you are somebody like me who used to love the animation courtyard experience at MGM Studios, when it was MGM Mm -hmm. Studios... I used to love yeah. going around there and seeing previews of movies they were working on. They also had a lot of like displays of the artwork and concept art and the maquettes and the way that they were like developing the characters. And I got such vibes of that from 1923, like being able to see the animators' process. And I I thought that really delivered and was really just like a celebration of what is Disney. Like 1923, the company is founded. And, and the company was built on animation, first of all, and I think that that restaurant really kind of honored that in a really cool way with the theming.
3: I would agree. Just to echo what both of you were saying, though, about kind of just the chaos of getting on the ship and the inherent stress of kind of, you know, getting situated and getting the kiddos in order and figuring out what they're doing and all that. I do feel like getting to that restaurant, at least in my mind, seemed to me like up to the point where even after we sat down, like getting situated, realizing how cool this view was out this port window about, I don't know, five minutes into us sitting there, I feel like was the first time since really stepping foot onto the ship. I was kind of able to be like... (sighs) okay, we're here. We're starting this trip really now. And it should also be said that, I mean, I know this isn't true for every passenger on the ship because I know they have to do this throughout, but I forget what they call it. The safety briefing they do. Oh, the the muster station. The muster, yeah. Ours happened to be in 1923. And I feel like it was a mixed bag getting to see it before we actually dined there, you know, an hour or two later or whatever it was, because it was so cool. You walked in and, you know, they have all the chairs and tables and everything all, covered for sanitary reasons, I'm sure. So it was kind of cool to walk in there and and like you're saying, Kurt, like see all the maquettes and all of like the, you know, homage to the animation history that, uh, you know, Disney has to show. But it was kind of a bummer, like then going in the second time, you're like, oh, well, I know what this is now. So the initial like pizzazz is a little bit missing.
1: Yeah, your very first experience of it, you're sitting there being like, what would I do if I was on a ginormous (laughs) ship that was sinking in the middle of the ocean? Yeah, like if we're about to die. That's what I'm trying uh, to like create in my mind as I look at all this beautiful, artwork so uh-huh.
3: yeah yeah uh that being said, though, I think that I must have done it right because I remember leaving that meal thinking, oh, my goodness, that was amazing. What a great way to kick off this trip. The decor in here is amazing. This is such a fancy looking restaurant that what I think I got like the lamb shank, which was fantastic. That drink was awesome. I walked away thinking like, OK, here we go. We're doing this now. Let's let's rock.
0: Oh, yeah. I just pulled up the menu. You had the Italian rosemary crusted rack of lamb. Mm hmm. Oof,
3: zero complaints, and yeah, that's the one with the fancy potatoes. Yeah,
0: were your potatoes cold?
3: No, hmm. again, mm. zero complaints. Hmm.
0: Just us, whatever.
3: Just us, Dan. Well, well no. you two had to be because so you wanted those special potatoes. You know, so your... someone in the kitchen is like, <laughs> "Okay, someone was on TikTok. Yeah, give them their cold potato.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should we move uh, over to right.
2: uh, Marvel?
0: Yes, we shall. So Marvel also
2: on repeat over. and over. And over.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you better like Marvel. It reminded me of my favorite when we reviewed the um, Avengers campus and it first opened. I felt like the noise was so loud. This one wasn't as loud, but it's just that same theme song on repeat. I liked when you walked in. It definitely set the mood. Um, You see the big like Marvel sign as you walk down this hallway. It's dimly lit and like kind of those blue hues. You walk in and there are screens everywhere, but not obnoxious. You're not in like a Buffalo Wild Wings with a bunch of, you know, (laughs) sports screens everywhere. It's like kind of tastefully set in all these different places. It's a weird kind of almost L shape of a restaurant, or at least that's my impression as I remember it. But I would say of all three restaurants we're going to talk about, this one was like the biggest more dining hall vibe where they had a lot of seats kind of scattered in the center of this restaurant and then around the sides you couldn't not see a screen they had various screens on every direction sometimes they were playing two different simultaneous shows and then what would you say like every 20 minutes into our meal it would kind of stop down the music would get a little bit louder and you'd look over at the screen and there was a little bit of storytelling being told by ant-man and the wasp Keyword, little, little bit, because it was a bit. thin story. <laughs> yes, and little, and physically little, because, you know, oh. man
2: And then to the point where I think some of the wear and tear on the ship having been out for almost a year was showing a little bit, because one of the screens across from where yeah. I was sitting was, like, green on a couple of them not working, and they weren't, like, it just it wasn't working. So you weren't getting that full experience. I don't know. Like, this is like the take on we've watched a lot of YouTube videos about animators palette on some of the other cruise ships where it's really like about the animation and interactive. And I think this was the new version of that with the screens and all that stuff. And I just I couldn't follow the Ant-Man and the Wasp thing. There was too much going on. It was hard to follow the story. And I mean, it was kind of cool to see Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel and all of them fighting off. Ultron, who is back. I thought they got rid of Ultron, so that was weird that clearly Ultron Clearly you didn't follow back. the
1: story because
2: that was explained <laughs> in, in the <laughs> life It's true, story. I'm with Kurt on this one. I, I was clearly not following the... So explain. <laughs> explain to me how Ultron it's came not, it's back. It's not
1: important how Ultron <laughs> came back, just that you can't keep Ultron down. He will eventually find a way to return, but... And find the Disney wish in the middle of the Caribbean. <laughs> I think what you are saying, though, is even Disney has realized because they have... Fundamentally changed that experience from when it started to what it is now, and that it is no right. longer Ant Man and the Wasp story exclusively. They bring in their Marvel friends, but then it used to be that in real life, they would like come into the restaurant and like all the servers would bring out giant sized food that became everybody's mini dessert, and it was real fun, all connected. And they've pivoted away from that, and now Spider Man <laughs> is, is the character <laughs> that walks around because kids like to high five Spider Man. More than they like to high-five Ant-Man and the Wasp, is what we were told. And no matter what, whether you paid attention
3: to the storyline or not, everyone loves (laughs) Spider-Man. Well, that's what our
0: waiters told us. We asked if we were going to see Ant-Man and the Wasp, or at least one of them. And they said, no, they did like a focus test, and kids only want to meet (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: Clearly, we've been watching Ant-Man and the Wasp all this time on these screens, but what we want to see is (laughs) Spider-Man.
2: Why did they not just make a Spider-Man restaurant and show like how
3: popular Spider-Man is compared to the rest of Marvel stuff. Like Sony's probably still clutching onto whatever rights it would take to make that happen.
0: Truly. That's probably it. Like it's much easier to get the rights to the costume character and he keeps his mask on. So you don't have to show it. Here's a fun little fact that I learned. Tom
2: Holland's voice beaming over
0: you. Right. Well, so when I worked for Disney, you know, I worked a lot of the time at Epcot in the UK pavilion I was playing a cartoon character, and so we always had a photographer with us who would take the Disney photo pass photos. Next to me, like 10 feet away, was Mary Poppins, but she was not allowed to have a Disney-sanctioned photographer for her photos. Because she is Julie Andrews likeness and face. So they couldn't actually get the licensing to put her picture in anything that was Disney property. And so I wonder with Marvel, if they're hitting this similar situation, because those are all physical Faces of real humans and not cartoon characters. And maybe showing Spider-Man is easier because he is fully masked up. And so were Ant-Man and the Wasp, and when they were going in, you weren't seeing them take off their faces and or their masks and show you that they kind of look a little bit like Paul Rudd or whoever.
2: <laughs> it was probably whatever server was available to throw the costume on that night. <laughs> they-
3: well, also I do have to add, watching Ray, who has not ever watched a Marvel movie per se, but like She's a six-year-old that is growing up in Los Angeles, so she's aware of, like, all the Marvel movies happening around her. She definitely was, like, kind of locked into, like, whenever, you know, the lights would go down and the next piece of the story would come up, she was locked into it. And a big piece of that story is that Ant-Man is inadvertently, like, shrinking or enlarging things, like, the ship itself at one point. And she was fully convinced that, like, oh, this thing works and it actually shrinks whatever item. And I have to say, Kurt, you came in clutch with some uh, solid special (laughs) effects there. Um,
0: Oh, my goodness. Kurt, out of the genius of his noggin, was like, oh, Ray, do you think we can shrink this toy? And he did a whole little magic trick for her, and they counted down, and then he was like, oh, look over there. And she bought it and looked the other way, and he swapped it for something smaller. I don't even remember what the item was. But Ray was astounded. She had seen actual magic happen in front of her eyes. And she kept asking us to replicate it. And we're like, cool, thanks, Kurt, for for that one. But no, she was obsessed. I think that made her day. I
1: maybe just felt like we had to level up what Disney had provided because ultimately it was just kind of like a glowing cylinder in the middle of the table with you know, like several silver buttons on it that you pressed and it it hummed and glowed at the right time. Having said that, having a two-year-old, it is like the best thing you could put on a dining table ever. Like he would happily have pressed that button and made the lights go off for hours and hours. But from a kind of interactive standpoint, it wasn't the most inventive thing that perhaps they could have done to make you feel like you were participating in the story. I know the animator's palette, you're like drawing characters on a placemat that they then actually animate on the screen somehow for the wonder of Disney magic. But I felt like that like quantum device was was. not really kind of selling it to me.
3: It was cool when it lit up and like the lights were synchronized. But yeah, I agree. It didn't do a lot beyond that.
2: So then I got to say, too, the meal that night, unremarkable. Like, I don't really even remember it. What I do remember is our servers had really caught on to what the kids wanted to eat. And they were so good about just getting the kids' food out. And so they were like, What does Noah like to eat? And we were like, Pizza, mac and cheese, maybe some veggies, and maybe some chicken. And literally every night it was a plate full of mac and cheese, pizza, and vegetables. Which are, you know, Noah's three food groups as he is a toddler. And (laughs) they had that out and they had Ray's choice meal out. And if Ray wanted something different, it came out really fast. Like they were really good about getting the kid's food out Out. and for the kid as soon as possible.
0: That was super impressive. I really loved that. I loved our waiters. We had really fantastic waiters and they were very in tune with the needs and also with any allergies that we had in the group but like maybe a little they too so good
2: tuned in. No, i'm done i'm done telling disney fun. i have an allergy like it became don't <laughs> Just don't order the shellfish on the menu and you're good Like if you dare mention you have a shellfish Yeah, you were the
1: reason our food was often delayed coming out Because they wanted to really (laughs) make sure there was no trace of shellfish in any part.
3: Look, Adam, I got a little taste of that on the tail end I know this is not a cruise story, but I'm going to tell it anyway Because it was on the same trip But afterward, we spent a couple days on property Oh,
2: this is where you're going Sorry, I thought you were going to go to the story of when you had to
3: save my life in Burbank a few years ago we're all at oh dinner. no! I mean, we could get Shell into that ice. one too. That might be a whole separate episode, but uh, but you know, we were at, uh, at uh, what was it, uh, Sana'a, Sana'a at, at, at the at, Animal Kingdom Lodge, right? And they were asking you know, any any food allergies, whatever. And we're like, no, no, no. As we've said a bajillion times throughout this entire trip, both on the ship and off. And Ray was like, oh, but Daddy, you're allergic to watermelon. And he was like, you could hear the record scratch, and everybody was like, oh, wait, hang on, and then. <laughs> And then for the rest of the night, everything came out with that little flag on it. And I'm like, we have a
2: watermelon yeah. allergy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Thanks, Ray. It.
0: it was <laughs> wild. And she said it so quietly.
2: Good thing you didn't tell him at the Woody's or Andy's yeah. backyard barbecue with the watermelon salad. Yeah. They would have, They would have put you in a biohazard suit.
3: Yeah. I mean, I eat watermelon adjacent food all the time. I just don't eat watermelon and truthfully it's not even something that I think about like when Ray said it I was like oh yeah I guess so (laughs) anyway sorry back to the ship
0: well I want to mention I think my meal here was my favorite of the three places that we went to and which is a shocker to me as well guys I was not expecting Marvel to bring my favorite dish besides Enchante and it was they call it the golden mystic pasta but it was caramelized scallops angel hair pasta in this Chardonnay saffron cream sauce with some roasted tomatoes on top. It was so good. I ate every bite. I, I loved it. I wish I could have had that at all of the meals. It was so delicious and decadent. And essentially the next night at Pirate Night, because we were back at Marvel, because we can kind of throw in Pirate Night, they had a different menu, same seats. And I ordered kind of the marinara version of the same scallop dish also, Really good. I took the advice of our waiter. He mentioned that the... The scallops were the way to go, and he did not disappoint.
3: I would say I had the opposite experience from 1923. I just looked up the menu, and I was thinking, "What even did I get? Oh, I got the schnitzel, I think." But that was also the night Adam and I, you and I, both got like the flight of little cocktails. I was just, and I was thinking, "Oh, they've got out. like the gin and the whiskey, whatever." And I was like, "That sounds amazing." And that was the night I learned that, especially in settings like this, Disney really leans heavily on just very fruity, sugary drinks and. I came away with, like, my cocktail flight thinking, yeah, I should have just gotten, like, a gin and tonic or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, we had the Wakanda Tasting Lab, and it was three different cocktails. Yeah. And they were, like, mini cocktails, three different ones. One was with a seven-year rum, one was with a vodka, and one was with a gin. I remember the gin right. one being the less sweet good one. It was kind of like a nice gin and tonic. The other ones were mm-hmm. pretty sweet, and one was a little green, and I was terrified that Disney had put its classic Midori <laughs> Sour or just Midori. It had to happen eventually. I know it was coming. We were on a Disney ship. The one thing I do remember from there that I really liked was the appetizer, the Hearts of Palm Ceviche. It was a vegetarian ceviche with palms. So that was pretty.
3: That was really good. I do remember that that now that you mention it.
2: Okay. So then we went back there for Pirate Night, as you were saying, Dana. But the difference was, and I thought this was actually way better. Was that screens were off? No, the screens were on, but it was just like the art of Marvel. Like it was sketches and costume design and things like that for Marvel, as opposed to the show and clips and like, because also in between the Ant-Man and the Wasp stuff during the Marvel dinner show thing, they would just play like montages from all the Marvel movies. In the background, uh-huh. which was weird. So this was way, and I thought I think Kurt, you said the same thing. Like this was way more interesting to see the actual art of Marvel mm-hmm. playing on those screens.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Kurt's nodding his head. He's having some chocolate. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> right.
0: um, you also reminded me with Marvel. We all, I think this is such a silly position that they have, but they have like the waiter host who comes around to the tables every single night who talks. Not very loudly, and so you're trying to strain to hear what he's saying. And he's like, Are you enjoying your meal? And let me know, and you know, uh, utmost service for you all. Um, Didn't love it, didn't love that guy. And also, he showed up right at the like pinnacle moment of the kind of lackluster story of Marvel. This is why Adam doesn't know
1: why Ultron returned. That guy was, yeah, right, I I was too busy telling us about.
2: What to do in the Bahamas. Tomorrow. Like, he was like, like, look, I
3: want to know how this battle up on the deck is going to come out. And he's (laughs) trying to talk to me about his impeccable service. I'm like, bro, read the room, man.
0: Yeah, that was super frustrating.
3: (laughs) Um, Whatever. I mean, what what can you do? (laughs) Marvel
0: was a miss, except for my meal. I think mine was the best. You want to go over to Arendelle?
2: Let's go to Arendelle. We went to a wedding. In Arundel, I think there was a wedding. It was hard to tell.
0: <laughs> we did not have great seats. So, real quick, setting this scene, you walk in on the longest walkway I think there is on this ship. It it's felt a full like forever. Hallway, yeah. it's like this hallway. Pretty well it's themed on though. And on and on. Yeah.
1: Of all the parts of the ship, I felt Arundel theming was the best. Yeah, they really knocked Agreed. it out of the park with the theming on this one.
0: Agreed. So you walk in, you are like in the scene by the time you walked the half mile that is this hallway. You walk in, in the center, they have a rectangle-shaped stage and then seats all around the perimeter. I would say that for seats, we were decent but not great seats. There's definitely, like, if you have a seat next to the stage, you're going to get to see the show. There were people that were further back than us, and I'm like, how do they even see anything? I feel like there's a very different experience that you'll have based entirely on your seating that you can't control. But the the show is a dinner theater. Essentially, they play all of the hits from Frozen and Frozen Two. You're going to hear every single one of those songs. What I did like about this is while you see Anna and Elsa and Olaf and Kristoff, they all come out and sing. The Wandering Oaken is super great. He's kind of your MC for the night. They also had like wandering minstrels who sang the bulk of the music, which was. Probably a nice relief for Anna and Elsa, but they wanted it definitely to be more of a, like, I don't know, a dinner theater slash karaoke vibe for Frozen. Um, I, gotta,
2: I don't know. I gotta say, we watched a lot of YouTube videos of this before the trip, and they have definitely changed <laughs> out the cast from the initial sailings. It was There were moments. Also, the mic. I mean, Ryan, you're the audio guy. Felt like the audio levels were all over the place in there. Like
1: you could, could not- be, you
3: know. Truthfully, I kind of couldn't really hear what they were doing, so I just kind of tuned it out. <laughs> Isn't
2: that the exact <laughs> That's opposite? what you pay thousands of dollars
1: for on one of these cruises? Really, it's just to go in and tune out the experience. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up.
3: I mean, I was I was enjoying just the decor and like we were kinda near like the rearmost window on the ship. So I was kind of, you know, checking that out, seeing if I could see any ocean views out there or whatever. But so you were really you were really
2: invested into Anna and
3: Kristoff's wedding. <laughs> oh, just so hard. But I really did enjoy when they brought around the uh Olaf animatronic. That was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, that was cool. This it was like a deconstructed frozen, wasn't it? Like they were like you had three quite talented, I would say, musicians, singers who are really telling the story. And then you got the Disney element of seeing Anna and Elsa, Christoph in a terrible wig, and and Wandering Oaken and an animatronic who would come around and give each table that kind of more personal experience. For all of 10 seconds, because it was, let's face it, a huge haul that they had to get around. But you did get a tiny bit of, mm. of face time with each of the characters, which, which felt very Disney-like, that you were getting... A, an attempt at like an authentic musical experience, but also some real like character interaction, which I think so many folks expect from like the park experience and stuff. The theming of mm-hmm. Frozen was the, the Arundel like the room and like the lighting, there was magical effects in the ceiling when Elsa cast her magic, etc. Like I think the Imagineers worked hard on that space um, and really thought about mm-hmm. it and thought about like Definitely. what would have happened after the movie. So I really appreciated that. But at the end of the day, it was like, I think Disney has templates for these dining experiences. They know there's going to be one with a bunch of screens that you're going to try and interact with. There's going to be one that's maybe slightly lighter on theming and goes for something a little bit more perhaps like historical or leans into like the philosophy of the company. And then you've got this kind of like live music, like bringing the movie to life experience, which for us was Frozen. On other ships, it's Tangled or Princess and the Frog. And there's live music, there's character interaction, there's a moment where they get all the kids to parade around the dining hall for some reason, the conga line of some <laughs> thing that- Oh, I guess I forgot about the conga line and the frozen And one. so like, that's the, the template of the three dining experiences that I think they know work well. And we got yeah. the frozen version, which if you love frozen, this, this is for you.
0: Look, we also, we can't knock it. We all sang those songs. I think we also all agreed that the Frozen 2 songs are a little bit better than the yep. Frozen yeah. original. Yeah.
3: yeah, say what yep. you want about the movie, but that soundtrack, banger after banger. Mm-hmm. Frozen
2: well, 2. I, I wanna... Also, is coming out story. No, I'm
3: kidding. That's, right. <laughs> That's
2: going to be Frozen I mean, 3. but really.
3: Sure.
0: <laughs> Frozen 3 and a little bit of Frozen 2. I mean, like, there's undertones. I want to talk a little bit about the food and the drinks. First off, I had to pull up the menu here. The drinks. I think of all the specialty cocktails we got at the dinners, this one was my favorite, and I definitely know you and I, Adam, got this one. It was the Ice Harvester. It was Blanton's bourbon, Hennessy, and Cointreau. I can't. I can't pronounce Cointreau, that. Or um, Cointreau? This is Cointreau.
1: Wow.
0: Who? Who knows? Who knows?
3: Cointreau. Cointreau.
0: It was Contreau. a decent drink. It wasn't the
2: stuff that usually goes in margaritas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a decent drink. It wasn't the most spectacular drink that we had on the ship, but it did come with a giant ice cube, which was not an ice cube. It was actually a sugar cube rim and you had to break it like ice to get into your drink. And it was, it did change the drink. You know, the first sip was definitely more bourbon forward and then that had sugar in it. So, which was probably the Contrue or however you say it, starting to seep in there. And I thought that was kind of fun. I couldn't break it.
3: Yeah, we had to get our server to help. It did look really cool, too. Like, the way it broke, it definitely broke in, like, the kind of, like, fractal kind of pattern that you really really want to see, you know? (laughs) Yeah. For that kind of theming. Yeah, I (laughs) thought it was really good. I thought the food was okay.
1: They tried to lean into, like, authentically, like, yeah, like, Scandinavian, Norwegian. Totally. Fair, but... I thought it was good. I appreciated it. I'm a vegetarian, and they were always very attentive to my options and making sure, like, did I feel like I was catered to? And I always think, I think Dizzy does an amazing job for vegetarians. Um, there was at least always two choices of entrees. But then they were really good about coming back and checking in and being like, you know, which one did you prefer? Because often you can have more than one if you want, if you wanted to try try multiple. Um, so I appreciated that. I felt well looked after as a vegetarian.
0: So as far as food goes, this was my second favorite meal. It was also pretty decent, but I learned from earlier on the ship, I ended up ordering the ribeye, and I ordered it rare. I was like as rare as possible and it came out for sure medium rare, but like that is that. what I've learned about this ship. Yeah. Yeah. And we both learned it, that if you order something medium rare, it's going to come well. <laughs> and if you order something rare, it's going to come medium. So Disney you Cruise
3: Line
2: hack. There I you wonder go. if part of it is because you know when you take the meat off and it rests and it's still cooking. I know what we discovered was that there is one huge kitchen and all of the meals are coming out of this one kitchen. So they're hauling sometimes quite a distance to the dining rooms mm-hmm. with the yeah. food. And I'm wondering if like 1923 they did pull it off when it was like medium-ish and then it sat. Maybe. And like the internal cooking that still happens. It went like a little
1: further. So maybe just like the pure kind of practicality of catering for hundreds and hundreds of people at one time and not having enough folks to like (laughs) keep an eye on on how everybody's meat is (laughs) cooked. Like, I mean, (laughs) we've talked a lot on the cruise before the cruise, since the cruise about the logistics of the whole operation and are completely dumbfounded as to how it's even possible for a cruise to happen. Like what has to go into the planning. So the fact that it's, Difficult to get your meat order right does not surprise me, given the logistics of that whole operation. Um, It's a small
3: price to pay for the overall experience.
1: All right, so real quick from everybody,
2: what was your favorite dining experience? Not counting on Shantae, and we're not going to talk about the rushed get-off-the-ship breakfast the following morning, but from the three main dining, forget Pirate Night, what was your favorite? Cause I actually don't think you two might actually remember Pirate Night Dinner. Because Yeah, no,
0: we've talked about definitely this. Definitely Ryan. You're we feeling pretty but, good.
2: But from the three main dining, what was everybody's absolute favorite? Go.
3: Ryan. The barbecue. No, we main dining, <laughs> no, no, Brian. No, listen no, to the Ryan. rules. No, look, I was trying to go last, but Dana put me up first. No, I, I would say that the lamb shank, 1923, that was my favorite of the sit-down meals.
0: Mine was Marvel. As much as the food at Marvel was my favorite. And honestly, maybe the experience there, which is shocks me. It's not the one I was excited about. And I thought the show was still kind of on the lame side, but I liked it. I had fun there. So, I think Marvel.
1: I don't know. I feel I'm I'm a controversial opinion about the dining on the ship in general. Like, I don't think it is possible to ignore the rushed breakfast experience because I think that I'm encaptu- with you on this one. I think it encapsulates so much of what you should be prepared to to experience as part of this on a cruise ship. For me,
3: uh-huh. you're not
1: given much autonomy in <laughs> your dining experience when you do this. You were told what time you need to go and eat, which I thought was a little bit inflexible because you're on vacation. Yes, you can go to a, you know one of the quick service places that's open all the time and get you one, but in order to have the nice meal, you have to be set at a certain time. I definitely got the feeling like that it is an operation. They're trying to get us in and out with before that second serving. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like the fact that our servers rotated with us because I now know, having been through the rush breakfast experience and, you know, having reflected on the whole crew thing, that it's very much about them cultivating a relationship in order to be, get a monetary reward at the end of it, which I understand. To
3: get that tip at the end. To get that
1: tip because I'm sure they're not making what they should be and they're being underpaid to some degree. There are folks from 68 nations, as they told us, and everybody is coming to this cruise, giving up their time, their time with their family. They're on four-month contracts with no days off. All these things we learned from talking to them – so that to make it worth the while, they really need to ensure that they're getting compensated through through tipping. But that then changes the whole nature of the dynamic. And I felt like they were really attentive until that tipping had happened.
3: Till they had already received our tip the morning yeah. before the yeah. get off the ship breakfast.
1: That left a very sour taste in my mouth. No pun intended. But also I sort of went into this expecting it to reflect what I knew and loved about the parks And how much dining is an event? Like you find your reservation, you go to your themed restaurant, like the Jungle Skipper Canteen or the Brown Derby, whatever it happens to be, because you know, oh, we've looked at the menu, there's something I like, blah, blah, blah. Or like, I really like the theming. Or there's just like a different atmosphere in each of those restaurants. I think all three of our dining experiences lacked atmosphere that they sort of became just blended to me. They didn't feel very personable. Mm. I honestly do not remember what I ate at a single one of them really, which not was because the food was bad, but just because it wasn't special in any way. It was a process. It was a production. So, yeah, so that's, that's yeah, why. Yeah,
3: I-, I definitely felt like, you know, especially night one with our two servers, like we have already, you know, established, they really were trying to get to know us, what we like and all of that. Night two, they know that, and so they're trying to play to that. Night three, pirate night, all I remember was the magic tricks. Uh But... <laughs> Then, you know, we're on our our final night in Arendelle. At this point, they know us. They know what we like. They're really just being super hospitable, doing everything they can for us, the kids, whatever. And then after that meal, they got their tip. And I mean, I don't know if that they were expecting more or that just like their work is done. So they don't need to put on the quote unquote show anymore. But Sitting down at that last breakfast, I couldn't tell if it was that like they're tired and they're ready to flip over the ship for a new group of people to come on or if they are pissed at us or yeah. they're just, like, so over the experience, they just want us to eat our crappy breakfast and get out of there. It but was so way, markedly like I, different, I, it was like, wasn't it, that yeah. last day? It was it such was, a It was, like, it, almost interacting with a different person. Like, you've had now four yeah. meals with yeah. these people weird. that have, like, this vibe and, and this, like, hospitable energy, and then you couldn't get, like anything out of them that last breakfast I, I almost wanted to like apologize like I'm sorry uh, I, I hate to what did we do wrong how did we, how did we how did
1: what did we do to offend right. you but I also think you know being like you both are a former Disney cast members I'm I'm a current Disney cast member and a lot of what we're told is is the is making the Disney difference which is showing up yes for whoever absolutely. is interacting with you in whatever capacity but that you represent the Disney brand. And that was really lacking on that ship in general, I felt, but particularly in the dining experience where, yes, you know, how entitled am I that I expect you to make my vacation so much more magical by just from the goodness of your heart? Like that's naive, of course, but I still thought that regardless of how much we tipped after they'd received it, that maybe there was just a little bit left in the tank that they could have pulled it out that last morning so that we left Mm. the ship with that feeling of like, wow, that was an all-encompassingly magical and and special time as opposed to feeling like, well, they got what they intended and then we became just like an annoyance.
0: (laughs) Which was our money. Yeah. Mm. I think that the tip that I'm going to share with all of you and the tip I'm sharing with myself that I will do the next time I do one of these cruises is I will not be going to that breakfast on the last it's day. Not. I will order food the night before, put it on in the freezer or the little mini fridge that you get, put your yogurt and bagel or whatever you've ordered, put it there, eat it at your leisure. You're still going to have to get off the ship at like 8 or 9 in the morning, so just be prepared for that. But at least you're not going to have to go see everybody. And let's also call it for what it is we tipped appropriately. We tipped the allotted amount that you are required to tip. And then we also gave an additional tip to these individuals who seemed to be so lovely for three fourths of our vacation. And then to come in and see them like, one of our waitresses wouldn't even physically talk to us like she was done using her vocal cords and i don't know maybe she was coming down (laughs) with something i'm truly not sure but at one point i asked her if i could have a tea that morning and i remember her being like almost like miming to me that she was going to bring a tea packet out she wouldn't use words and it, it was really bizarre to me yeah, it, it was so bizarre. I really clocked her more than anybody else.
2: We should also mention yeah. we this came up on our trip's Facebook page after the trip. A lot of people were on there being like, did anybody else notice the drastic mood change from the
1: servers? breakfast and a lot of but people means either like, everybody under tipped like, which is probably improbable okay. and in fact there was a lot of people like oh, yeah. insecure about it and trying to look yeah. for reassurance like how much did everybody leave like we did this then we added this like and again I'm with you Dana I feel really like we 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 tried to acknowledge the service like we're we're not we live in America like we understand that's a part of our interaction and economy and and I think that we we felt like we had responded to that but but the but that mood shift was so huge yeah and i think yeah. it was such no, a kidding. shame to have to leave the ship with that being the last real experience of even those people waving you off as you went like it, that was really the experience that stuck with me well should we pivot yeah, to agreed. another highlight for
2: kurt
0: is it a highlight the is spa <laughs> um tell us tell us all about the spa yeah <laughs> So real quick, I did not do the spa. Ryan and I did not partake. We almost did, but we changed our opinion at the last minute. Just so you all know, every cruise ship has the senses spa. These are really like top-notch, decadent spa sections in the each of the cruises. With the Wish, they have a very fancy rainforest room. They've got sauna rooms. They've got really any type of massage you could possibly think of, including some that we're about to hear about that are quote unquote underwater or lighter than air. And so I know that both, both Adam and Kurt did one of the couples massages on the cruise and let's hear how it went fellas.
2: Um. All right. So I will, I will give the overview and then I'll let, I'll let Kurt give the uh, reality of it. So we did the zero G spa suite offering. It was way too much money. But the way I read about it and I read the reviews about it and I thought, okay, this is just something really, really, really nice for us to do. We don't ever get time like this. We can drop Noah off at the small world industry and we can have two, it was supposed to be like two and a half hours together. So we show up and we go into the, like quickly, the two therapists we're going to be working on us, grab us, bring us back to this room No, like, hey, here's a robe. Do you want to go into the locker room? Take a moment, change, relax, get into it. It was like, nope, we're just gonna rush you into the room. We get in there, they like sit us down on this love seat couch and just immediately start trying to upsell. So we had booked, Mm. you know, it was gonna be
0: right at the start. I didn't realize that. Like right at the start. They were like,
2: this is what your treatment is. You're gonna get this like foot scrub. Then you get 15 minutes in the hot tub and then you're going to lie down on the table and what massage you want. You can pick one. You can either have hot stone, Swedish or deep tissue. Pick your massage. Oh, if you want 20 minutes in the hot tub in a 75 minute massage, that's going to be another $50 a person or whatever it is. And so they were like trying to do that upsell. So it
0: was like a nickel and dime you situation right from the beginning.
2: Yeah. And then we said, no, we'll just do it as it is. So we didn't even get a chance to like get comfortable, put a robe on or anything. And she just like plops our feet in these buckets while we're sitting on this couch and like does the foot scrub. And then they are like, okay, 15 minutes in the hot tub begins. Now we'll knock after five and then please be laying face down on the massage tables over there. And we were like, Okay, so we get in, and we're, like, trying to relax in the (laughs) hot tub, enjoy each other's company, and then 10 minutes later, knock, 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 five minutes. And so we, you know, promptly got out of the hot tub, dried off, went over, and lay down on the massage tables that were supposed to be these. They they pegged them as these zero-gravity massage tables that were supposed to make you feel like you were floating on air. Look, the massage was... Phenomenal! I like ended wait, up wait, wait, on another on. plane at one point. Yeah,
0: I want to know more. Uh, Were you floating on no, air?
2: It was a massage yeah. table that like positioned you in different positions. I
1: think what but, I was trying to figure it out because it was a, was a slightly strange sensation, but I definitely wouldn't feel like I was floating on air. I think they just elevated our legs slightly above our head. So uh, like uh, the blood rushed down to your head and it made you feel like off kilter somehow. And then they know. would like switch it up and go the other way at times. So because you were never completely parallel to the floor, I think it felt like you perhaps gotcha. were meant to be floating, but it was certainly not a, a full sensory experience by any means. But
2: the massage
1: was, I think we both agreed the massage part was really good. The massage was really, yeah, it was really good. It was incredibly overpriced for the experience. And plus, you know, you just have to be comfortable, as I was not, of being two middle-aged white guys sitting in a room with two women of color kneeling at your feet, salt scrubbing your feet in a bath. Like, that, to me, is an inherently uncomfortable situation in, in an environment yeah, that is fair. supposed to be promoting intimacy in our relationship, which is, I guess, what they call it, a couple's massage. Like, But it did not feel relaxing. It felt like a very, very weird dynamic. It was very business like. They obviously knew how to do the very short version of it. So we weren't sort of like not only given the time to really unwind and relax, but we weren't really told what was happening. Like they were just like, these are the three massages. Which one do you want? And I sort of had to say, well, which is, what do they involve a little bit and made them explain a little bit more. Yeah. And I had the hot stone one, which I do, which I will say was incredible. It was not worth. That's what I would have picked that we pay. Yeah. Well, because yeah. so we paid and we'll just, we'll be
2: transparent about it. We paid including tip about $600 for this experience, which was entirely
1: way too much. Would have been 700 if we wanted like an extra 10 minutes yeah. in the hot tub. 5 5 minutes 5 minutes extra 5 minutes in the hot tubs guys
0: 5 minutes
1: yeah um,
0: 100 bucks that seems totally worth it guys i don't know why you didn't take them up on look, it look the
2: room was beautiful and all that but then like they did the massage and the massage was great and they gave us time to like come out of the massage and they left the room cuz again like i i really was like it, i felt like i was in and out of consciousness during the massage it was that good and then they were like put the robes on and It is now time for fruit and
1: tea. Sit on the couch and literally like... And you've reminded me what I think the most fundamentally disappointing thing about this was that they did not give you time either before or after to enjoy the rest of the spa. I think if you're paying $600, Mm. no matter what the quality of that experience, that could could be variable, but you should at least be allowed to come in an hour or two early to relax in the steam room and the sauna And experience the spa, which from my understanding was never busy, busy, like because you have to buy like a day day pass for the whole trip. And so not many people do it or be like, you've had your incredible $600 massage, have your tea and fruit, and then please feel free to enjoy the rest of the spa for the afternoon. Because like how long would you really spend in there? Like we wouldn't be taking anything away from other users potentially. So that was really unforgivable to me.
0: This has been a long time ago for Ryan and I, but we did so. Senses Spa, Senses the brand is like the Disney right. Spa that you'll find it at the Grand Floridian or at Saratoga Springs. Mm-hmm. And in like 2011 or 2012, Ryan and I did a Senses Spa couples massage, and it was phenomenal. It was not that price tag. I don't know. I think it was my birthday gift from you. So I don't know what the yeah, price was. Yeah, it definitely
3: was. wasn't that much because we were a lot younger than I would have remembered if it was that much. <laughs> I mean, I remember like paying for it, thinking like, OK, this is I'm thrown down for this, but it's worth it. And I don't remember coming away thinking, oh, that was good. But why did we pay that much?
0: But what I do remember what you guys are saying that is so disappointing about your experience is that they gave us full access to the spa for the rest of the day.
3: That is true. So
0: we had our massages. We started. It was super slow. It was like 20, 30 minutes of us in like a sauna room and enjoying the tea and the, the cookies and the fruit that they put out. And then like you could enjoy like walking around the grounds and then our actual massages. And then afterwards, they're like, take your time. Take hours if you want. There's none and of that. I think we did spend an extra hour before we ended up moving on, but it, it felt very worth the price tag. Yeah, I definitely I have
3: a memory of like was. getting into that little jacuzzi by myself and just sitting there and being like, Okay, what now? Yeah. I guess I'll get out now. Yeah,
2: they were making sure we didn't go over to the rainforest room. Like they made a point to escort us from the treatment room to the locker rooms, which we were allowed to use the sauna steam room in the locker room and use the showers in there, but they made a point to escort us there and then we had to leave Mm. as soon as we were done in the locker room. So that was, I would not look, I've said this before I want to do a cruise again, skipping the spa, Don't need to do that ever again. Like that was just not worth it. It wasn't the fully relaxing pampering experience that you wanted for that kind of price tag.
3: Yeah. Honestly, hearing that, I mean, we were, kind of on the fence about it until the last second and then we decided not to do it. Then I was like, Oh, am I going to regret that? And uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> hearing that, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of glad we, no, do you Bailed remember what, the last what
0: Ryan and I did while you guys were doing your two and a half hour massage? We were at the adults pool. <laughs> you had
1: the much better cruise experience. That was yeah. worth 500 bucks.
0: That We were tying one on. I had three <laughs> glasses of champagne sitting in this very fancy pool section, making best friends with cruisers who've been on like 8, 10, 12 different cruises. We had a great time. And I remember coming into the Pirate Night. Well, Ryan doesn't remember a lot because I think he had had um, a few more intense Manhattans than my champagne. But um, I can't really remember being like, did you guys like the spa? And you're like, meh. And I was like, oh, man. Well, we love the adults pool. It's great. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. You all made the right decision. We made the wrong decision. Speaking of wrong decisions, should we talk about going to some of the shows on the Disney Wish? I think we should. We, should. should we do the entertainment? So there yeah. are three big shows in the Walt Disney Theater on the Disney Wish. There's CZ Adventure, which is the cute 30-minute character show. All the characters are in it. And that's really that was fun and a lot of fun to go see. And we took Noah to that one. He got excited when Goofy was on the stage and things like that. Then there was... The Little Mermaid, and then Aladdin. And these are all like 45 minutes to an hour long versions of those shows. Takes on the Broadway version of Aladdin, so to say, right? Like it was kind of like a cruise ship version of that one. Look, I don't think we have to spend a lot of time because people know the stories of Aladdin and all this other stuff and Little Mermaid and all that. But I gotta say they advertise it as Broadway caliber performances, these were, sadly, aside from a couple actors in the shows, high school caliber performances.
3: Ooh, Ooh throw down. Oof. I don't know if I'd
1: wow. go, I don't know if I'd be no, that That's a little but- unfair, like, Look, these King, folks are working hard.
0: A really good high school. That's a that's a Broadway like a performing arts high school. King
1: Triton needs
2: to never act again. Oh <laughs> no, because he wasn't yeah, King actor.
0: Triton was bad. But I would say that like the show, they do these same types of shows at the Hyperion Theater in California Adventure. I'm thinking of that. I'm thinking of Beauty and the Beast at Hollywood Studios. Those shows are. Really good. I Definitely Hyperion Theater has some superior shows, and those are real Broadway actors who come and do those shows. They've done Aladdin. They've done Frozen. They are solid. I don't think that the show, uh, we only saw Little Mermaid, stacked up quite as high to the ones at the Hyperion, but I would definitely put them higher than the Hollywood studio shows, like the Little Mermaid or the um, Beauty and the Beast that they have there. Kind of in the middle.
2: The star of all the shows Was cruise
1: director Leslie. She was phenomenal. (laughs) The cruise director. She opens every production. Like she comes on stage and does a little spiel about what is happening the next day, like some things to be aware of, and just oozed charisma and um, set the (laughs) most incredible tone. She brought the Disney difference. She was Disney magic.
3: I mean, truthfully, you can tell that she loves what she does. She's
1: been doing it for 17 years. Like, you don't stay in the company for that long unless you're finding a value in in what you're doing in the way that I think she has. What I feel then in opposition to that is that for many of of these casts, they're doing a short contract, an intense contract, like Adam I don't agree that they were high school standard. These folks are working incredibly it's hard. It's being a little harsh. Not only on those stage shows in the evening, <laughs> but on all the dancing and entertainment throughout the day. So they're wearing multiple caps. Yeah. They're learning a ton of choreography. I would say that they're not all triple threats and that perhaps some of them are stronger dancers or singers than actors and, and vice versa. But they're being asked to, like, do lots of different roles throughout the day, um, different parts of the ships, different times, etc. And what I think the problem was, was that, like, you're a captive audience, right? Like, there's only one theater on that ship and they know that everybody's going to go to dinner mm-hmm. and then go see a show. And they're sort of, as an audience, you're in, like, the right frame of mind to be lightly entertained. And I guess we were, like, yeah. you you know, the production... Concept and execution is not going to be Broadway standard because we're not a Broadway audience. Ultimately, we're a bunch of folks on vacation, having a nice relaxing time. Most of us being younger, like it's, it, they're made for kids, which I think is yeah. amazing. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to do more adult-based entertainment, you could go and do '90s trivia. Would you say, Dana and Ryan?
0: Yeah, you guys did oh, do that. We didn't get to '90s trivia. We didn't. We did regular trivia, ah. which was fine. We did not win. We would have won if we'd done 70s music or 90s music. Oh, I wish wish we would
3: have. And, you know, (sighs) to just piggyback onto that, the day that we went to Castaway Key, I got back on the ship probably, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes before you and Ray did. And I was like, oh, they're about to do Disney Parks trivia. I've worked at Disney Parks. I'm going to do great at this. And much like the other trivia we did. I'm like, this is awful. There was there was a couple that got married that day on Castaway Key, and they also made it to this same trivia <laughs> session, and they won. And I was like, you know what? Oh, it's your fair. wedding day? Good <laughs> on you for winning trivia also.
0: That's a couple that goes on a Disney cruise to <laughs> yes, win trivia. Clearly. That is their sole objective.
3: But also, I just want to back up for one quick second before we completely move out of the entertainment we didn't go to all three shows but before we saw the little mermaid show i think it was maybe earlier that day or the day before we were watching like on the main or not main stage but like the you know great room stage there was like an amazing jazz band playing all these like you know loungeified disney tunes and then you know watching the aladdin show i realized like oh it's all the same people like to your point kurt like yeah like these people are spitting a lot of plates and (laughs) doing some cool stuff and Adam's going to
1: try and dig himself out of the hole right now everyone just take (laughs) just pause go make yourself a drink skip forward 10 20 seconds from this big Adam's going to try and excuse what he said (laughs) no
2: look I just am saying there was a lot of entertainment on the ship and they are working their tails off those actors and those performers on the ship And they were doing everything from Sail Away show to Pirate Night shows to all the Broadway caliber shows in the theater to the lounge stuff and everything else. And they are working their tails off. I think I just was so mortified by the actor playing King Triton, who's 100% hired because he had abs. And that was it. (laughs) King Triton forever. (laughs) Ariel, Yeah. I am was, so worried about was I, Yeah, it was bad.
3: As someone who works with actors and is sympathetic, I just have to imagine he's probably great at a lot of things. Maybe that wasn't the role for him. <laughs> he also That's played Jafar in Aladdin,
1: and that wasn't the role for him either.
3: Oh, okay. all right, well.
2: And I'm wasn't trying. he, okay. wasn't yeah, he Hercules did... in the first one, too? No, I think that was somebody, oh, there. was somebody else. Oh, and we totally forgot about Plus Size Peter. I totally forgot oh, about Yeah.
0: Oh, my God.
2: I say things and Kurt Wonders Why We're Married. They had this. So in the CZ Adventure show, at the end, all these characters come out. And Peter Pan came out. But it looked like Peter Pan had hit middle age and had a few too many Bud Lights. <laughs> like really For made Peter. that spandex stretch. Was I mean, <laughs> he the
0: Robin Williams Peter from Hook?
3: Or Sweet Pete from the Rescue Rangers movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah, Rescue yeah. Rangers movie yeah. we just yes. watched. Yes. You know, yeah. New
1: one. Much closer to that than yep. the not don't,
3: don't trigger your. The one with John Mulaney and... and uh, oh, yeah, the Rescue. a minute as well. Yeah, I was like, like jib- they made yeah. a
1: Rescue Rangers movie back in the 90s? Like, no, this is the No, rec- the
3: new one and yeah and he's all middle-aged. Yeah. He's got the beer gut. No, that okay. movie was great. It was great. Now that Dana remembers it, she remembers that it was yeah. great. But
1: <laughs> was... he was... Who framed Roger Rabbit for 2022? Oh, 1,000%. Yes. yes. Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> However, he's a really talented actor because he was in The Little Mermaid and played... Scuttle, scuttle, yeah, I yeah, and so. played scuttle and did it really well in the Little Mermaid. So we'll yeah. give them that, we'll give them the credit. Just maybe not the right person to
1: be Peter Pan. I imagine they're going to change these shows soon. I think they had trouble getting them on in time. In fact, they were delayed some of them. I also I've seen like clips of other shows on other ships, like the Tangled one. I've got a friend who directs the puppetry for them, and so I think that perhaps they're going to realize. Much like bringing Spider-Man into the Marvel dining experience that folks want to change at some point. And I I, I would see them putting a new show in. Mm
0: -hmm. You're exactly correct, Kurt, because the Aladdin show used to be the one that they had at California Adventure. And they brought it last minute to this ship because they had another show. They never announced what it was going to be, but they couldn't get it ready in time. So they slotted in the Aladdin one. So... I'm sure they will make some changes in the next year, year and a half from now.
2: Should we end this on a good note, though? Our last topic?
0: I think so. (laughs) Yeah, we've been a little naysayers on the dining. But hey, look, the last two episodes, we were very positive about so many other things. But yeah, we should definitely end this on, I think, maybe the highlight of my experience. The highest of high notes? On the trip. I don't know about you guys, but let's talk about our fancy brunch the enchanté brunch let's walk through it who wants to tell us what the experience was like
1: the enchanté dining experience is one of two very exclusive meals that you can add on it is either Paolo, which is on every disney cruise ship and is a steakhouse based experience but a luxury one Enchante on the Disney Wish is themed to Lumiere, the Paolo on Disney Wish is themed to Cogsworth from the live-action versions of Beauty and the Beast. And Enchante is a very authentic, I would say, French, Michelin-starred, intimate, exclusively adult dining experience of which the four of us happily packed away our small people and got dressed in our finest togs (laughs) and went and enjoyed... Five course meal, four course meal with a champagne tasting flight throughout, served by a charming wee Frenchman who orchestrated beautifully the arrival and, and exit of all of our dishes, much like we were Belle in the dining room with the characters from the movie, sitting in a corner table like with surround, surrounding, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. cinematic views of the ocean on a beautiful sunny day. Stun- Uh, and the four of us enjoyed each other's company as well as some incredible dining experiences and on Shuntai away. Yeah, I I this Kurt, you
3: need your own travel show. That was fantastic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It really was. Great job. It's almost like you are a performer and you know what to say.
1: Like a high school standard performer or more of a Broadway? No, You're Broadway. (laughs) You know what?
0: I would give you community college. Thank you. I'd give you community college level right there.
2: You're Broadway Uh being Look, it was (laughs) unbelievable. I remember walking in and you walk in and they have this beautiful piece of art. When you first come into the restaurant, Uh like these doors swing open, you come into this restaurant that's just light and airy and these like light blue colors and this gorgeous piece of art that's supposed to be champagne bubbles coming down from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And it was just absolutely beautiful, beautiful. Lumiere is greeting you as you come in, hanging on the wall. And then all of his friends, all the other (laughs) candelabras are in a beautiful cabinet in there. They walked us by the wines and the champagnes and told us about some crazy expensive bottle that they have just in that restaurant. From Lady Gaga. Yeah. Was it the Lady Gaga one? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. That's right. I forgot that.
2: Then we are walking past these tables and we somehow get sat in this beautiful semi-private round table in the corner and it was it was unbelievable. The food was out of this world. Like every bite gave you a different experience. The bread, I think we ate all of their bread they had on the ship. The bread Mm
3: -hmm. is only
2: made in France, is frozen, and it's by some like master bread maker in France, is frozen and then sent to the Disney Wish. And then they have a way they make it taste like it. it never was frozen. It was unbelievable with this like butter and salt thing on it and the butter was good i mean just I, mm-hmm. mind-blowing even just starting with the bread like it was it was insane
3: and, and the butter situation oh <laughs> just keep going
2: we had lots of emergency bread we needed more more servings of bread <laughs> but what was amazing is it was a meat forward brunch tasting menu but they were able to do it all as well as vegetarian options for Kurt. And they made slight modifications so that he still had that full experience that we had. And I think you even lucked out with some of the dishes, like that cauliflower thing you had versus what we had.
1: Yeah. And I will, I'm a self-confessed non-foodie. Like I'm not somebody that typically enjoys the experience of eating or eating out. Like I like going out and and being social and the experience of dining with people for sure. But I'm not somebody that needs to go to like the hottest new restaurant to taste the food or whatever. I'm, I'm just not kind of wired that way. Having said that though, I fully enjoyed the sensory experience of eating in this place because it was about so much more than just the taste. It was about the presentation. It was about um, yes. the combination of of what the flavors and the way that they'd intentionally thought through how the menu should progress, and that I didn't feel like I was overstuffed and I didn't had enough. I felt like I was given just the right amount, and that you know, given what we said tonight about service on this cruise ship, I felt like they hit the right mark and that it felt exclusive and special, but not um, yes. kind of like. Uh, it wasn't uncomfortable in that right. way. It just felt like they were kind of like, maybe it's because we were at the brunch as opposed to the dinner and it was slightly more relaxed, but I felt that the level of service and the engagement with the person who served us and his team was just here with yeah, the right it, mark. The, when they all brought, they all great. when they had four of them who
2: all put the plates in front of us completely synchronized at yeah. the same time, like it was just, it's those little touches that you're like, oh, this is special. This is different. This is why we're paying more for this.
1: And I will say, maybe at this point, controversially I know from my husband, is that I don't think I need to do another Disney cruise. I don't feel a strong inclination to do so. The reason being that most of what I love about Disney experiences is is theming, and Adam's I love face. that about the parks. Um, yeah, Adam's face is a picture, folks. But the, I think one of the best themed areas of the ship was Enchante, and it was done incredibly tastefully and incredibly subtly, but with uh-huh. so much thought and intention, I really felt that the Imagineers who do the work I love at Disney just like struck gold with it. They were just like so many touches of, in- of intention about, you know, we were sat in an area and there was this like beautiful gold kind of half wall made out of long mm. struts of something. And they described it as we sat down, the person who seated us was like, Oh, this is the plumage of the feather duster from the movie. And I was like, I would never have known that without the explanation, but as soon as we were told, I could see it. And I sort of thought that was magic, like uncovering all of the little touches of theming, like the the servers all wore pins that were a shape of a candelabra, which just felt cute yeah, and special. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I loved Enchanté as, as a full experience for that.
0: So real quick, I agree with everything we're saying. I want to just very briefly touch on what we ate and know that you know Kurt had a couple modifications. I also want to mention, this was a five-course experience, and it was $75 per person. We all added on the champagne tasting, which was $40 additional per person. Highly recommend the champagne yeah. tasting, by the way. Not
3: $4 yours. like uh, like I heard the first time. <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, $4, bucks. All right. When he said, do you want to do the champagne tasting for $4? I was like, 4 bucks, Throw it on there. Yeah, let's go.
0: All right. That's that's the same as an Olympia beer right there. Um, okay, so of this five-course meal, you did have a tomato pie, as they call it. It was not a pie. It was delicious. Then the second course was a braised pork with a salad. Third course was halibut with a creamy scrambled egg underneath and... Herbs around the side. It
3: Should be said that we actually had salmon. It was not halibut. You're right because you says know what? A little bit here, but we as had you're salmon. as you're going through these data, I'm looking at my photos, and I'm not one to like take Instagram worthy photos of the food that I eat. But on that meal, as each course came out, I had the thought: I was like, "When are you going to do this again?" I'm taking a photo of each and every one of these courses <laughs> before I dive into them. So just to back up that tomato pie, you're right. It might not have been a pie in the traditional sense, but it was just the most delicate I, I don't know what you call it, whipped concoction in like the thinnest most just like yeah, again just delicate little pie crust
0: it was like a pesto and tomato pie yeah. crust
3: uh and and the second one the pulled pork it was so interesting because it came out in like this beautiful like presentation of of greens in a really thick metallic like bowl almost and like the meat was underneath so it was like you went in like you were eating a salad But then you get like the amazing pulled pork underneath. And it was kind of a a little surprise. And uh, (laughs) it was just amazing. And then to go back to the salmon, which is where we left off. He did say, now it may come out looking to your naked eye like it's not a completely cooked salmon. Trust us. It's been slow cooking for, I can't remember how many hours. hours." Eight hours. Something like like that. Like a good solid amount of time. And you take that first bite and you're like, okay, yep, I, I see you.
0: The next one on the list was the chicken with gnocchi and pole sauce. The chicken was like a little tiny round of chicken. It was some of the best chicken I think I've ever eaten in my life.
3: I will say the most tender chicken I've ever had in my mouth. And honestly, I've eaten a lot of gnocchi in my life. I've both made it and had it at restaurants. I don't feel like I'd ever eaten it properly until that moment. I was like, oh, is that what this is supposed to be?
1: Yeah, I remember saying the same
0: thing. Get out of here. Yeah.
2: But that Trader Joe's gnocchi in a bag.
3: uh, (laughs) And I love it. I'm not knocking it. But, (laughs) oh.
0: Trader Joe's, nothing knocking Trader Joe's, but this was the best gnocchi. The very last thing on the menu, which was my personal favorite. was
3: Showstopper.
0: The lemon. I know we all were like, what is this lemon? The lemon ended up being a like white chocolate lemon shape. It looked exactly like a lemon picked off a tree. You
3: put it down in front of you, and it's a lemon on a plate.
0: It even had leaves. And then when you opened it up, it had this lemon meringue on the inside that was so decadent. It was so delicious, but also really light, and it complemented everything that we ate.
2: It was so good. So, so good. The whole... The entire meal was such an experience that I won't forget. It was one of the highlights of the entire cruise was that experience there. And I think that, even though it was pricey, that was worth it. Some of the other things on the ship were definitely not like the spa. But that brunch and that meal and that experience was 100% worth it and worth that price. Which really, for a Michelin star, for a five-course tasting menu with champagne pairing at a Michelin star chef's restaurant, that's a pretty good deal for $75 a person.
3: And let's not forget, Adam, that is the meal where you were introduced to your new favorite champagne.
2: Yes. Moe and ice. Moe and ice. That drink <laughs> in the summer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, guys, I think that concludes the Wish Disney Cruise experience. Before we go, because we do have Kurt, I want to give you a chance, Kurt. Was there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to round back and mention that were some of your other highlights that you loved on the trip.
1: I loved the stateroom experience. I thought that the Disney Wish did an incredible job of designing and, and making those spaces, which are small, let's face it, but feel like really well thought out, like all the little touches of Disney magic, the, the mural behind the bed, gorgeous like, lighting on either side, like the addition of a bathroom light on the floor for the middle of the night. like. The fact you can pull the curtain over so your your small human can be in its own space doing their own thing while you're, you know, watching TV or chilling out in, in the other half of the space. I thought that was so, so well done. And then I want to give like honorable mention to Hooks Barbary, which was like, I kind of wish I had yes. um scheduled a haircut there, because I thought it would be really busy, but actually I saw a lot of people walking in and doing it. But I think we had some of the best mm. drinks in that yeah. space, which is it is a bar, but it's not a bar and there wasn't many places to sit, but there was always somewhere to sit. And, you know, like it was just like a kind of hidden little gem that I felt was very unique and special to that, to that whole experience. Carlos.
0: Carlos. I agree, Kurt. And you and I had a really special time. I think we were waiting for both Ryan and Adam to join us. And you and I just sat there for like, I think 20 minutes while we were waiting for Carlos to take our drinks and we enjoyed the Atmosphere and had a good, lovely chat. And yeah. um, I agree, Hooks Barbary is going to live on in my memory as one of my favorite places on the Disney Wish.
3: All right, so final thoughts, everybody from one to 10, how do you score your Disney Wish experience? Adam? Ooh,
2: 8.5. And yes, I want to do another cruise.
3: Kurt, <laughs> I would say I sit at a
2: solid six. All right, Dana?
0: I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. I loved. Pretty much every minute of it. There were a few kerfuffles, but I loved it. I would do it again. I would do The Wish again. I will do any other cruise I want to compare.
3: I want to try a different ship. Yeah. For sure. Ryan? I'm going to say 8.5. All right. For no real reason other than that, I, I just don't want to match Dana's score on principle. no i i I loved it it was an amazing time
2: that is the end of three it took us we thought we were going to do it in two it took us three episodes to really break down the experience of the disney wish we also have disney world vacation to break down at some point so we're gonna have to do that in the next few episodes and here's a little teaser coming up we finally caught a disney cruise line cast member like Went fishing and we got one. And Dana and I have yeah. a little interview with a former Disney Cruise Line performer. So that'll be coming up too.
1: Ooh, you better hope they don't listen to this episode
2: and allow have after what you said. Well, we already recorded it. So they're in. No. <laughs>
0: Also, he's fantastic. You guys are going to love him. And he worked at one of the comedy clubs that I don't think they had on the Disney Wish. They don't have a comedy club there anymore. But his stories on the entertainment side exactly mirrored what you were talking about, Kurt, where there are a lot of different roles and every day is kind of a different scenario on their agenda. So definitely they work really hard on that ship.
2: All right. Well, unpaid intern Ryan, husband, executive producer, Curtis. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. We'll see you again in another year when, you, yeah, when I drag I mean, you back yeah, in. I'm honored
3: Maybe. to be here, especially for two in a row. I feel like I'm batting a thousand here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Well, thank you again, and we will see you all next week.
2: Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Cheers. Bye.